What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. COVID cases ticking up, but American behavior may be staying the same. What's coming with Dr. Scott Gottlieb? We have not had a wave of infection in any summer. It's hard to imagine why we would have it in this summer, notwithstanding the fact that this is a more contagious variant. There's a lot of immunity in the population, people who were recently infected with B1. And the Federal Reserve stuck between inflation and a hard place. It's a very tough job when the only tool you have to tackle inflation is to kill the economy. Plus, the newest episode in Elon Musk's telenovela. And despite a bleak week, a shoe stock is looking pretty shiny. I think Becky and I, we're on the Hoka, Hoka bandwagon, right? Yeah. right? But we love them, right? It's like running on yoga mats. Those stories and one club's getting a lot more expensive. Babysitters you splurge, you splurge on because you want one that... You want one you trust. Yeah. yeah. It's Friday, May 20th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three... Two, one, two, three. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And whew, we made it. It's Friday. Thankfully, this has been a heck of a week. Let's talk about what has turned into a wild story. Elon Musk responding on Twitter to allegations of sexual misconduct. Reporting the Business Insider stating that Musk's SpaceX and paid $250,000 in severance back in 2018 to a flight attendant who accused him of sexual misconduct. Now, CNBC has reached out to SpaceX for comment, but hasn't received any response thus far. But that hasn't stopped Musk from responding late last night on Twitter about the article, saying, the attacks against me should be viewed through a political lens. This is their standard, in parentheses, despicable playbook, but nothing will deter me from fighting for a good future and your right to free speech. Musk also said the alleged incident referred to by a business insider never happened. And at least according to the article, said there was a lot more, telling them at least, that there was a lot more to the story. But um, of course, this is going to uh, become sort of another piece of this, this soap opera that continues. Uh, hard to know uh, what to make of the allegations uh, unto themselves, of course. Free speech is an interesting thing because uh, clearly we're NDAs signed. Um, and uh, it's curious how people think of that in this sort of new environment that everybody's talking about. But um, add, add this. We should just have a should we have a thing just called like today in Elon? Should we just we could have a banner a today while. in Elon and we just report whatever the whatever yeah, the news is? I think we've had it for a while. We need a bug. I don't know we, if this is today in Elon. Maybe it's a sponsorable segment. This is today in Insider. I don't know if this is today in Elon. I don't know if he's, uh, no, he hasn't necessarily wasn't, uh, I, I don't know. I, I know nothing. I'm definitely like Sergeant Schultz on this. What do we know? We know nothing. In case you missed it last night, Jim Cramer calling on Fed Chairman Jay Powell to act big and act now when it comes to tamping down inflation. Here's Jim on Mad Money last night with a pretty bold call. He needs to act and act now with a much tougher stance. Powell's the freedom to go big. He could even do a 100 basis point hike, and he should. 
because we need to break the back of inflation before it becomes too ingrained in the economy. After the superinflation-inspired earnings disasters we just got from Target and Walmart, everyone should understand the urgency of the situation. Kramer said the longer that the Fed entertains smaller rate hikes, the more likely the U.S. economy will see a crash landing and continued surging inflation. And I, um, I'm sad to say that I'm in agreement with Jim, but I also think that by doing that, you will also I, look, I think you're going to get a recession no matter what you do, frankly. Um, the question is sort of, you know, do you, how how long can you can you play this thing out and can you somehow make it marginally softer or not? And, and I don't know. I, I just I think the idea of like that we can somehow lo- land the plane and it's truly soft seems almost like an impossibility at this point. I mean, this is back to watching inflation numbers like this. And by the way, inflation CPI numbers are already above 8%. If you're listening to what we heard from Target and Walmart this week and some other retailers and some other food production places, um, inflation, there's more of it in the pipe. It's still working its way through the pig. We haven't seen the highest levels yet. Um, you're likely to get more. And I think this is a time when the Fed just, and, and I, by the way, I think Jay Powell is there. He's of the opinion the that he has to fix. pig's working its way through the snake. Oh, yeah. What did I say? Snake working its way through the pig? No, something was working its way. I don't want to think what's working its way through the pig because I know what's going to happen. Uh, no, <laughs> yes. I, think the, I think the pig is working its way through, through, through the snake. How'd you like to swallow a pig whole? Oh. That's a pretty no, big snake. You. That's a pretty big snake that can How wide can you open your mouth? They have those on uh, Did you ever own a snake, Sorkin? No, yeah. I want to know what you think of inflation, Joe. What do you think you should do? You gotta talk Why do you care what I think? Yeah, we're having a conversation. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I, you know, after what we've seen in terms of Powell and how, the, the, you know, we've had Judy Shelton on a million times. We've had Stan Drucker, Druckenmiller on many, many times. It's like, yeah, we need to pull back. And we've needed to pull back. And I don't know how bad it's going to I think the whole notion that after what the Fed has done up to this point, um, and now we got to destroy the economy to sort of, you know, cover their tracks for being way too profligate in everything that they've done. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I, it just doesn't seem, that's why I didn't comment on it. It's like, yeah, I, they do need to do that. Probably was a mistake when he told Leisman, um, we won't do 75. I don't know where the... the I don't think he said Where's he wouldn't your do it. He, he Where's your vigilantes? Where's your vigilantes? Vigilantes. Yeah, where are they? Uh, you well, know, they, he, look, you the know, action he, that we've seen in the bond market is kind of demanding more until the last couple of days. It's that, that it's a very tough job uh, when, when, when to the only tool you have to tackle inflation is to kill the economy. It's just the, not no, the way that's what, to... But that's what the Fed... It's, it's a very strange thing to say you have to kill the economy. I was going to say, you know, after Steve Leisman asked that question and, and he answered it, two things happened, which I don't know if we talked about enough. I mean, he did clean up those comments in an NPR interview later where he suggested that, that it wasn't off the table. And I was going to mention that. It was Marketplace, actually, the tape not, of it. not NPR. It was Marketplace with Kai Rizdal. That, that, that it, Marketplace it's a separate, is on NPR. Yes, but it's a separate, it's a separate company that's... Um, um, that's and then... Um, and then Ben Bernanke, I was going to say, I don't know if we showed the tape. He actually said that he did not believe that that 75 was off the table at all. Right. Um, so I, I think you could be you could be headed there at least. And I think what I honestly I think what Powell said at the point when Leesman asked him is it's not on the table right now. Um, I think he changed his mind pretty quickly after hearing some other numbers that came through. We'll see what happens. But meantime, the 10 year yields come down this week, which is kind of crazy. 
Let's take a look at shares of Palo Alto Networks. They're rising pretty sharply after the company came in with earnings of $1.79 a share. That beat the street's expectations by 11 cents. Revenue also beat, and Palo Alto raised earnings guidance for the full year. The CEO, Nikesh Arora, said a rise in Russian cyber attacks has led to greater interest in Palo Alto services and protecting companies and government agencies across Europe. I think cybersecurity is becoming more and more important. Our customers are finally realizing that they can't do this themselves. Whilst we don't talk about ransomware all the time, I'll tell you, there's hundreds of current ransomware discussions going on right now because hundreds of customers out there are locked up. He was on yesterday with uh, Jim Cramer on Mad Money last night and, and just talked a lot about this. I mean, check out the stock today. It's up by more than $49. It's in a gain of about 11%. But for all of these stories we've heard through earnings season, this is one where you are seeing uh, some real significant upside. And, and, and the companies are desperate to try and protect, protect from these cyber attacks. And this is where it's showing up. Meantime, shares of Decker's Outdoor, they're rising this morning. The parent company of brands like Ugg Shoes, Teva Sandals, and Hoka Running Shoes. I think Becky and I, we're on the Hoka, Hoka I love bandwagon, the Hokas. Right? Yeah. right? But we love them, right? Uh, earnings of $2.51 per share, much higher than the $1.32 that analysts had expected. Revenue also beating, and guidance for the full year was better than expected. But, you know, they're so good for your knees, those Hoka sneakers, Becky Quick. It's like running on yoga mats, it's really good. Gives you lots of cushion. Hoka? Hoka, Hoka 1-1s. They're Looking ugly. Palo Alto. Pa- There's Palo nothing Alto attractive a- about those sneakers, but yeah, if I could just wear them all day you long, I'd wear them. You see sneakers that are, like, trash that they're selling? They look like they were chewed up by a dog, and they're, they're selling those. I saw those last week. <laughs> no. I, you know, Golden Goose. Selling. I can help you out What are those that. called? Oh, yeah. Uh, Golden Goose. I, I think, can I say this aloud? I think that women can wear Golden Goose sneakers. I think men should not. Probably not. I don't know what probably wouldn't the, say that. I don't even know if I'd like say. That. I don't even know if I'd say woman. Is it um, like? Is it like? Stop um, defining it. Um, shredded jeans, you know, torn up holy jeans. I don't exactly know. What it's pay, like. pay more it's exactly it. what it's like. Um, can I just talk about Palo Alto? So that was a big beneficiary, obviously. Of the, it got the six thirty, so it's a great result today. But it's all the way down at four, at four thirty-seven. I know now. One thing I know about Nikeshi is brilliant. Yeah. But the other thing, he hits the ball so far. Um, oh, on the golf course? Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's such an incredible golfer. I've only played with him a couple times. But um, that's, that was a real bright spot yeah. for, for, for what's... For earnings this week? Yep. Yeah, it, it's been a rough That's week. my contribution, though. Is, is he hits I, the ball. He hits it really, really far and really straight. Hmm. Next on Squawk Pod, uh uh-oh, what the heck is monkeypox? Dr. Scott Gottlieb joins us on whether we should worry about it. I don't think it's going to become a major epidemic because this is a virus that's difficult to spread, and there may be a lot more infection in what we're picking up. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you 
like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. COVID positivity rates climbing across the country, up more than 50% from two weeks ago. Research shows one-third of those in the U.S. live in areas of rising infection, and the death toll among Americans has surpassed one million people. Thankfully, the mortality rate of a COVID-19 infection has plummeted due to vaccines and treatment. But the virus, well, it just isn't done with us yet. The Biden administration urged Americans this week to put COVID-19 personal protection measures back in place, and concerns are hitting corporate America, too. Apple is reportedly delaying its plan to bring employees back to the office after two-plus years of remote work. Originally, they'd planned for a three-days-a-week schedule to kick off on May 23rd, and that is this Monday. Good news, though. For kids, the CDC has signed off on Pfizer's booster shot for children aged 5 through 11. But if you feel like you've gotten a handle on COVID, you've got a supply of at-home tests, you're making choices based on your own personal risk, don't worry. 2022 has a new virus spread for you, monkeypox. New cases of that virus were reported in the UK, Spain, Portugal, Italy, and the US this week, which is rare considering it's usually confined to Central and Western Africa. The first case of monkeypox here in the US was reported in Massachusetts, which authorities are taking seriously. The patient was placed in an airborne infection isolation room in our special pathogens unit. We're using gowns, gloves, and 95 respirators and eye protection. I would emphasize that historically this has been a very rare disease uh, with very rare transmission around the world. People should not be af afraid of uh, monkeypox right now. Uh, the, the current patient is, is uh, of no public health risk right now. And there's a possible case in New York City as well. Luckily, we've got our own trusty Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner, and our guide through this pandemic still on speed dial. Here's Becky. Scott, let's start with COVID. This is one that's going to impact a lot more people, um, at least at this point. Uh, COVID back on the rise, hotspots in the Northeast, the expectation that it may come back in the South at some point too. I hear the guidelines and the recommendations. I don't see any places that are really putting back any of these uh, these mask requirements or stay-at-home things. Yeah, look, I think that that's, that's right. It's going to be hard to get compliance with these kinds of requirements. Uh, here in the Northeast, it does appear, and it has appeared for a couple of weeks now, that cases were peaking, that this B2 wave has sort of run its course. It's now spreading to other parts of the country. You look at parts of the Midwest, Minnesota, the Great Lakes region, Wisconsin, Michigan, also the Mid-Atlantic, San Francisco, Miami, and in the population centers in the Pacific Northwest, you are seeing rising numbers of cases. There's two schools of thought right now. One is a model that the White House was shown about a week ago that shows that we're going to have a wave of infection this summer from this B2 variant peaking at 400,000 cases a day. That was a model um, developed by the Department of Health and Human Services. There's other people, including myself, who believe that this B2 wave is going to start to decline as we get into the warmer months, that we're going to have a relatively uh, low prevalence summer like we've had these last two summers, and then we're going to have to contend with one of these variants come this fall. 
but that this wave will shortly pass. And it is, does seem to be peaking here in the Northeast. So it's unclear. We have not had a wave of infection in any summer. It's hard to imagine why we would have it in this summer, notwithstanding the fact that this is a more contagious variant. There's a lot of immunity in the population. People who were recently infected with B1 should have pretty good protection for the foreseeable future. Vaccination rates are high at this point. So we should get a seasonal backstop and this should dissipate. But there are two schools of thought right now in terms of what the outlook is. And it is a bit uncertain. Scott, the, the news yesterday from the CDC, just the idea that you should be giving a booster shot to your kids ages 5 to 11. You know, I, I look at that and I think, well, I don't know. Do I really want to do that as we're heading into summer if I think that it's going to be a bigger issue in the fall? Well, look, I think need, people need to judge their circumstance. I know a lot of camps are going to require the booster shot for children to come to camp. Um, you know, if you do get a booster now, it's going to afford you five, six months of protection. Probably children will be eligible for the new variant booster sometime late this fall. It's not going to be initially eligible. They're not going to be initially eligible for it. So the sequencing does work out in terms of getting a shot now and then getting a shot in the late fall that might be reformulated to protect better against Omicron. Um, parents are going to have to make an individual decision. A lot of parents have made the decision not to vaccinate their 5 to 11-year-olds. Only about 28 percent of kids um, five to 11 have received at least one dose and even fewer have received both doses. So after Thanksgiving, we saw a, a rise in vaccination rates heading into Thanksgiving. Then after Thanksgiving, it really fell off and we haven't seen a pickup in vaccination of five to 11 year olds. What about hospitalizations? It, it, it seems like things have gotten so much milder that, that maybe more parents have concerns about <laughs> vaccinations versus hospitalizations from COVID. Is that the right way of thinking about things or not? Well, look, hospitalizations are down in many parts of the country, although you are seeing them pick up now in the Mid-Atlantic and the Northeast because there is a lot of infection around. I think a lot of the mildness from this new Omicron variant, some of it is the inherent mildness of this particular strain, but a lot of it's driven by the fact that there's a lot of immunity in the population and people who are getting infected now are people who've been exposed to this in some fashion. Either they've been previously infected or they've been vaccinated or both. So they're not immune naive individuals. Some children still are immune naive. Now, CDC put out data saying upwards of 75 percent of kids have been previously infected with COVID. I think that's probably high. But there are kids who still are immune naive. There are kids who are vulnerable. And for them, vaccination could be very important. Good to know. What the heck is monkeypox? And do we actually need to worry about this? Well, look, I think now that there's been community spread, it may be hard to fully snuff this out. I don't think it's going to become a major epidemic because this is a virus that's difficult to spread. You need sustained close contact or contact with the open sores. But there's so many cases now that are disconnected. This is spreading in the community. And there may be a lot more infection in what we're picking up. It has a long incubation period, upwards of 21 days. So there may be a lot of people currently incubating the virus. There's probably a lot of people who went undiagnosed or misdiagnosed because doctors aren't looking for it. And given the fact that we've found so many disconnected cases, it does suggest that the spread right now is pretty wide. I, I, that, that, that concerns me. I mean, this... What is this thing? What happens if you get it? Well, look, it could be dangerous. Um, you know, the case fatality rate for the particular strain that seems to be spreading is anywhere from one to four percent. It's particularly dangerous in, in immune compromised individuals, people who are vulnerable. Um, it's also, you know, sort of a disabling virus. It can last two to four months. Um, you know, you get you get fever, lymphadenopathy in the sort of prodrome phase, the lead up phase. Um, then you develop these vesicles that can last anywhere from two to four weeks. So. Uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a significant virus. I don't think it's going to be widespread in terms of an epidemic that we've seen, you know, in the order of COVID for sure. But we could get low level spread that just becomes hard to snuff out. There are anywhere from five to 10,000 cases a year in the DRC. So there are countries where this is endemic um, and it's not infrequent. And now that it's spreading in the community here in Western Europe and parts of the United States, it appears to be have gotten into this country. 
again, it could be hard to fully snuff out. We're not going to mass vaccinate for it. They're going to try to ring vaccinate using the vaccinia virus vaccine. Um, that's not a vaccine a lot of people are going to want to take. So it could be hard to deploy public health measures to try to get a handle on this. That's the concern, not a widespread epidemic here at this point, but this just low-level persistent spread, cases popping up here and there, outbreaks, um, that could be, you know, a risk to individuals and certainly a headline risk. Hey, Scott, I just wanted to go back uh, to the issue of COVID peaking, at least in the Northeast right now. A number of big corporations in New York City um, planning or were planning to bring people back full time, oftentimes five days a week in the office. Um, some of them scaling that back, some not. Apple on the other coast, of course, uh, reversing its plan a little bit. What are you advising CEOs in this moment over the next two or three weeks about how they should be approaching this for those, dare I say, white collar workers who are in the office uh, either with a mask on or not with a mask on? And also sort of how you see testing in this environment working or not working? Yeah, look, I would say, look, watch the numbers. I mean, if the if the proposition that this is going to be this, this isn't going to be a big wave of infection this summer is right. And we're going to see declines as we get into the warmer months. You should see week over week declines right now in New York. You're seeing that in Connecticut, New Jersey. So you're seeing it in the tri-state region. You want to see continued declines. I think if we we're two weeks from now and we've seen sustained declines in infections, that means the risk really has subsided. And I think people can go ahead with those kinds of plans. But I would watch the data uh, unfold. You know, that that's really going to be the key here. If you start if you continue to see rises in cases in the tri-state region or it doesn't level off and you see pickup of infection elsewhere in the country, I think that second possibility that there is going to be a wave of infection this summer starts to become more realistic. Again, I don't see that unfolding. I think a lot of people are skeptical of that model when I talk to folks in and around CDC. But it is a model out there. We need to take it seriously. Hey, Scott, thank you. Um, obviously, we appreciate everything, appreciate hearing from you. And I'm, as much as I miss you, I'm kind of glad we don't have to talk to you every day now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Cheese will be next. We've got more Squawk Pod right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Up and Andrew Q. Welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Let's talk about this next story because I think this is a, the same issue of people wanting to get out. We've been talking about rising prices. There's a really interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today about rising rates for teen babysitters. 
After two years of staying home with their kids, parents are returning to office jobs and social lives, and they are competing for part-time babysitters. They want to get out, want to go out on the weekends. And amid this tight labor market, teens are getting better snacks. They're getting asked to do fewer chores while they're there, and they are commanding much better rates. The piece cites numbers from Care.com that said average rates per hour rose to $18.05. That's up from just $14.72 in 2020. It also cites anecdotal evidence of rates up to $30 an hour in some places. And guys, I can't say this surprises me at all. You know, on, on the mother's chat list that we have in our town, there's always people, somebody saying, anybody got a sitter? I need one tonight urgently. People trading back and forth. And yes, I, I would assume these teens can ask for just about anything. You, you saw the quote. And, I and want sushi. Order whatever you want for dinner. Right. <laughs> sushi. You got the combination. And you can have anything you want delivered now. So you, and you can literally. you watch anything because we have all of the services. Right. So watch you, anything you want. <laughs> you literally could order anything. I used uh, to make $2 yeah. an hour as a babysitter. Uh, Two? Yeah. That. Two. I think sometimes they'd pay me three and even up to five, but I only would charge $2. They'd pay me more because I'd do dishes and stuff. Babysitters you splurge, you splurge on because you want one that, right? You want one you trust. Yeah. yeah. I can remember that. And that's it for today. Join us next week. Squawk Box will be covering the several times rescheduled annual meeting of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. This is the first time global movers and shakers have gathered on these mountains in person since 2020, when the very first confirmed case of a novel coronavirus was reported in the U.S., and this moment happened. Have you been briefed by the CDC? I have. Are the words about a pandemic at this point? No, we're not at all, and uh, we're... We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. It's uh, going to be just fine. And a lot has happened since then. We're going back to Davos in 2022. I will be there, heading to the airport tonight, and we'll bring you special coverage all next week. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And get the best of the show, plus a little extra on this podcast, available wherever you listen. Have a great weekend, and we'll meet you back here on Monday. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 